Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast as we continue this amazing series titled Lord Save My Marriage. It's for marriages, of course, marriages that are thriving are going to benefit from this uh, series, but also marriage that are having maybe difficulties or a harder time in this season. We're going to bring you encouragement. We're going to give you information. We're going to help you to align better with God's will for your marriage. And uh, I have a lot of great information with uh, in today's uh, broadcast. And Elizabeth, too, uh, as you probably noticed, the title is First of all, it's part five. So it's the woman created to be a helpmeet. And I would have been found pretty stupid if I did that without my lovely assistant and life partner, Elizabeth, who's going to bring a lot of insight concerning the, the specifics of the role of a woman. What does it mean to be a helpmeet and all that? And we're going to break it down a lot in the beginning. As I'm going to give you a lot of information. We're going to base it on, on the Bible and what the Bible says and and, and, and certain a lot of information. But then Elizabeth is going to take the floor and really uh, talk about what it means to be an adequate help meet in a marriage for a woman. Exactly. We're going to do that. Um, but before we begin, I just want to say that for those of you, you know, you look at the title, uh, Lord Save My Marriage. Maybe your marriage isn't on the rocks. Maybe it's not meeting um, a lot of work. Um, I encourage you anyway to listen to this um, series because it's really going to give you um, tips and different things that we've learned uh, along the way of our 20-year uh, marriage. And Soon also, to be 20 years. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, being coaches um, as well in leadership and different areas uh, of life that the Lord has brought us to different trainings and stuff. Um, it's really a built in a way to really strengthen your marriage and really make it, um, you know, like uh, bulletproof from the enemy. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of things that the enemy can throw at us through marriage. And we've been through a lot of those bullets. <laughs> so we have a lot to say about that. And so it's, you know, avoiding the pitfalls that the enemy can try to put in our way um, for us to stumble in and then create problems in our marriage. So I highly I uh, encourage you to listen to it if you have been married uh, for a couple of years and you want to strengthen your marriage. It's a great course for that as well. Absolutely. So like I said, we're going to talk about the woman as a helpmeet. What does that mean? And we're going to look at, at the scriptures. And the first scripture I wanted to look at is all, I always like to go back to Genesis when it comes to marriage, because those were the building blocks. This is where everything was established for the man and woman. And uh, I think a verse that was very telling about uh, a lot of things about man and woman is Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. I'm going to read it for you guys from the New King James Version. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So Genesis chapter 1 gives us the, the, the big picture. Genesis chapter 2, when it comes to male and female and all that, it's like a, you, you zoom in to see more closely the man and female in their respective roles. But Genesis 1, when it talks about male and female, shows us the big picture. 
And it's very interesting what it says. So then in verse 28, then God blessed them, so male and female, and God said to them, again, male and female, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And what's very interesting about this passage is we see that God blessed them, male and female, he created them. And notice how man and woman were not to rule over one another. In the first intent of God, when he created them, male and female, they were to rule over his creation. They were to have dominion together as co-rulers of this place that we call earth in a protected area called a garden. Gar, gar is where we get the word guard, protected area, which was the garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. So they were to rule together. Men and women, we, we both, uh, like I'm sure all of you guys know this, that men and women were assigned by God different roles. So the scriptures are very clear in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 5. We, uh, Paul really defines those roles very clearly. So we have different roles. We have different giftings. So men and women have different uh, pensions. Uh, they lean toward different things. They 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 address things differently. They think differently. So we're different and we have different predispositions. However, despite all those differences, men and women are equal. And here's what I'm going to say. It's very important because I'm, I'm not, I'm not using the world's narrative. Okay. Because I know that the, the world's narrative is so stupid. They're, they're trying to make men and women equal and everything. We're not equal in everything because we have different roles. So God created us different on purpose. But we are equal in human dignity and we are equal in worth, in human worth before creator God. So for God, a female or a male are of equal importance before him as people, as human beings made in his image. So this is, this is the equality that comes from God, not the equality that is dictated by uh, a, a faulty view of male and, and females, and they can't even define women today in, in society, which is completely ridiculous. Yeah. So we won't go there, but I wanted to specify that. So men and women are equal in dignity and worth before creator God. Anything you want to add at this point, Liz? Yeah, I think uh, right now the, the whole thing about... <laughs> about genders has gone completely whack, wacko, like completely wacko. It's such a <laughs> satanic agenda to screw up the new generation and to, you know, not understanding the roles, not understanding um, what it is to be a woman, what it is to be a man. So it's basically setting up every potential marriage for failure. Um, and, you know, like now we have like gays that are able to marry and it's all screwed up. And so, um, you know, it's going to be harder and harder for people to um, have the right recipe because they have nothing really to look at anymore. There's no foundation. If the Bible is um, not their source you know, of most authority. People now that have been married for a really long time, um, you know, like the those that have been married for like 50 years are gone. They're, they're dead. So, you know, there's a very small percentage now of marriages that have been doing very, very well. Um, and, you know, you might find that more like in, in different community, Christian communities of people that are maybe more conservative and stuff. Um, like we talked about in other broadcasts, you know, the, there's a divorce rate that's very high 
in in the Christian world. So no matter what denomination, um, it's just that you don't know about it because you just find out that, you know, a certain couple you used to see just don't show up anymore and you don't know why. And then you find out years later, it's because of divorce and they just don't want to come to church anymore. Yeah, because they felt judged or whatever. And felt judged and yeah. whatnot. So, you know, and there's all kinds of reasons we don't want to judge people. You know, there there are sometimes... You know, it takes two to create a divorce and sometimes the, it takes two to create a marriage, too. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes it, it could be the case where you have been doing all that you could and the person just doesn't want anything to do with Christ in your life and just decides, hey, this is not for me and just wants to exit. You know, there's all kinds of reasons. But anyway, to get back to the roles, I think it's really, really important that we teach our daughters what it is to be. Yeah. A, a woman and our our our, our boys, our boys what, it what it is to be, to be a, be a man. man it's yeah. it's going to be harder and harder for them to understand what does that look like yeah except for the models that they have they're, their they're doing they're doing everything in culture right now to to uh to feminize boys and masculinize is that a yeah. word yeah. masculinize uh, uh girls yeah and it's absolutely insane the number they're doing uh, uh and it's all it's everywhere it's in the media everywhere like books uh, curriculums in school and all that. Yeah. So, Movies. so we have to stand strong for what God created, for what God wants, and to uh, to remain firm in the and these uh, biblical principles and biblical uh, truths as we raise kids for the next generation, because it's going to be even harder for them. Believe it or not, I I, I don't want to be prophesying bad things, but it's going to be even harder for them. Obviously, I mean, we look around; it's just uh, it's obvious that. Uh, uh, Satan has, has a hand in pretty much everything right now, and it's uh, we have to stand strong as Christians to uh, for the next generation. Right. So now I wanted to look at the words "help mate" or "help meet" because you probably noticed uh, that in in Genesis two eighteen, where the word is mentioned, depending on the version you're looking at, you're going to read maybe "help mate" or "help meet," and there's other versions that have other other. Uh, the definitions of what the woman was meant to be. I just wanted to say right from the get-go, that help meet and help mate, they mean the same thing. The only difference is that help meet was used in the King James Version. That's the older term, okay? But it's a term that I really like, and I, you're going to see why I really like the word help meet uh, as opposed to help mate. So in Genesis, let's, uh, let's look at the King James Version first, uh, Genesis 2.18, and the Lord God said, it is not good, that was the notice, that's the first not good in all of creation. Genesis 2.18. Everything else was good before that. It is good this. It is good that. It's good that. Da, 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 da. And then God says it is not good. First not good. That the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And help me for him. That's the King James Version. Now the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible. The HCSB Version. Uh, says it this way. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper as his complement. That's a nice way to put it. And uh, very interesting in the NIV, and I know a lot of people are criticizing the NIV for all kinds of reasons. I understand what those reasons are. I get it. But I still like comparing versions. Genesis 2.18, later the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make, I really like this rendition, by the way. I will make the woman to be an authority corresponding to him. Oh, isn't that interesting, Liz? Did you know that? No. Nope. 
So he will make the woman to be an authority corresponding to the man. So it's very interesting how the NIV uses the term an authority corresponding to him. So the, the woman was to be an authority of her own corresponding to the man, possessing within herself everything that the man lacks. That is what corresponding means. For example, if I put a fist like this and a hand like this and they fit, they are corresponding. They are co-responding. So when so something... It, it makes sense because, you know, we know that two become one. And it's yeah. not just everybody thinks that we're talking about the physical aspect. It's not just in but marriage. But we're talking about the, the... It's in everything. Uh, yeah, exactly. It makes perfect It's in everything. Sense. So when something co-responds, I like the word co, breaking down the words co-responds to something else, it offers the missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah. It harmonizes together with it. So let's look at the word correspond. I, I looked it up in uh, an etymology dictionary. Uh, so it's from the 1520s. It means to be in agreement, to be in, a, in harmony with. Okay, don't, don't forget, that's before the fall. Okay, it's very interesting. So from the French, correspondre, or directly from medieval Latin, correspondere, or correspondere, uh, to correspond, harmonize, and reciprocate. I like the word reciprocate here, give back. Like, uh, it's a two-way street, basically. From, uh, so to come together, to, to um, so calm, so... Uh, it's yeah. from it's from calm together with each other and respondere to answer to respond mm -hmm. and i love this whole breakdown because this really defines the role of the woman that that is really exchanges with the man that that is the missing piece of the puzzle that fits perfectly with what he lacks so women offer men everything that men lack have you ever noticed that i, I remember being in my 20s and I'm a guy who likes to think. I thought a lot about a lot of things. I read my Bible. I thought, isn't it amazing how women, women are are kind of like the opposite of men in many ways. In but many ways. but it's a good opposite. It's a it's an opposite where man lacks this, women brings it forth. Women lacks this, man brings it forth. Mm -hmm. So for example, men have more brute strength, and women have more a more delicate touch. Men are providers, women are nurturers. A man's voice is deeper. A woman's voice is higher. Uh, men are more likely to embrace reason when facing situations or problems or just in, in, in everyday life. Women are more akin to embrace emotions. And oftentimes you're going to see this in a marriage. It's funny because there's the, these men who are the strong, silent types. They don't speak much. They don't express their emotions. And there's this, they marry this woman who kind, kind of helps them to come out of their shell. So women embrace emotions, have a bigger emotional muscle, I guess you could say. Uh, it can it can be a down to, uh, downfall also if they're not careful, but it, it can be a great strength as well. Men are built more squarely. We have square shoulders. We're, we're more straight and, 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 and kind of, we're built differently. We're more, more squarely and women are made with more curves. So again, even physically, very different. Men express their, and I, I make sure there's no kids around. <laughs> I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the broadcast. So if there's kids, just tell them, hey, go play Legos over there, whatever. <laughs> so men express their sexuality outwardly. Women express their sexuality inwardly. 
say, um, I, I remember reading something that was very interesting. They said that uh, men give love to have sex. Women give sex to have love. Mm. So there, there's, it's, it's, it's really the, the complement. Some would say it's yin and yang, but I don't, I don't want to go into that esoteric stuff. But I, I, you know how they complement one another. Men, you, men tend to take more risks. Women are more prudent. And it's so, so interesting when we face a situation, me and Liz oftentimes, situation that may be risky, she's going to be the first one to point out the dangers to me. When you get it, when you go in the ladder, make sure you don't fall. Do you have this? Did you forget to bring that? Don't don't watch out there. It might it might be wobbly. Like she points out all the potential dangers, <laughs> and, and and it's a good thing because sometimes men are kind of a little bit stupid. I remember seeing a a, a, a video on YouTube. It says uh, it says this is why men don't live as long as women, and they show men doing things in <laughs> renovation that you're like, oh, he's gonna die. He's crazy. Uh, it, it, they would put ladders in, in like in situations where they have to walk on the ladder to go paint a wall on the other side of a staircase, like all kinds of crazy positions and stuff that they risk they took to install air conditionings and stuff that you're like, my goodness, why didn't you take more precautions? Well, because men were kind of like, oftentimes we want to get, we're task oriented. We want the thing to get done. We want to get done fast. And sometimes we don't think things thoroughly. Anyway, very interesting. And the women are the first ones to point that out. Say, what are you doing? Are you stupid? You're going to kill yourself because they want us to stay stay alive because, you know, we're kind of useful. So they think about these things. But we could go on and on just pointing out those uh, differences. I also know that men and women, I remember doing a study when I was younger, men and women even dream differently. The, the dreams, you take 100 men and 100 women and you analyze their dream life. Men in dreams are often more uh, fighting animals, uh, running from uh, earthquakes, or it's more common. And women have more relational dreams where they relate with people and they they yeah. they, they they walk with their kids or whatnot. So even in the dreams, in the dream life, women and men dream differently. So all this all this stuff you guys probably know to some extent. I mean, if you if you're biblical, if you love the Lord, if you love His Word, you do know and appreciate the difference. You're like, you're, in French, you, you shout, vive la différence. Vive la différence. <coughs> in night, in, in, you, anything you want to add there, Liz? No. That, no? In 1954, William Golding, the author of Lord of the Flies, by the way, don't crucify me. I don't know the book, didn't read the book. I don't know if it's a good book or a bad book, but I really like the quote, though. I wanted to share this with you guys because I think it's really good. He says, I think women are foolish to pretend they are equal to men. Now, I'm not saying I endorse what he says. I'm just saying it's really funny. He says, I think women are foolish to pretend they are equal to men. They are far superior and always have been. Whatever you give a woman, she will make greater. If you give her sperm, she'll give you a baby. If you give her a house, she'll give you a home. If you give her groceries, she'll give you a meal. If you give her a smile, she'll give you her heart. She multiplies and enlarges what is given to her. So if you give her any crap, be ready to receive a ton of beep. I won't say the word, okay? It's very, very funny the way he puts it. And here's the thing that I've noticed as men and women, but as a man, if you tell your wife about 
because because I communicate a lot about with my wife about all, all kinds of stuff, right? And when a man marries a woman in the first few years, they talk about future together, right? They all talk, they all talk about what their dreams and ambitions are and what they want out of life and all that. So if you tell your wife about your dreams, your ambitions, and your desires, you can be sure that she'll keep you on track. She will keep you on track. And it can even become annoyingly so. So if you fail in pursuing or doing what you told her that you would pursue. So if you marry the young lady and you say, oh, yeah, I would really like to have a five bedroom house in the country in the next five years. Oh, boy, that didn't go in and out. It, trust me, it stayed here. And she's going to remind you for like she, if in four years there's nothing happening towards that. She said, you told me that you wanted a house in a country with five bedrooms and we're still in this crap apartment in the city. What are you going to do about it? She's going to tell you. <laughs> She's going to keep you accountable to what you told her. So they remind us every day uh, uh, about our vision, about our dreams, about our ambitions. Why? Because she's your helpmate. She's like, we're in this together. You know, when you told me that, it really set my heart on fire. I, like the woman would say that. She'll, she'll be like, that excited me. I was looking forward to that house in the country with five bedrooms. I'm just giving an example here. It could be anything. It could be a trip to Hawaii. It could be anything. So the woman keeps you accountable because she's in this with you. And, and she, is, uh, she is very good at keeping you on track. And that's how God made her. That is what a help meet is for. And now I'm going to give you some stuff. You're going to want to take notes today because this is really good stuff. I came up with it on my own, by the way. No, that's true. not true. The Holy Spirit helped. And oftentimes God will also give um, similar visions yeah. to both of you so that you can both work together towards it. So, you know, whatever he puts on your heart, oftentimes he'll put on her heart. And, yes. and it's because you're meant to work at it together. Amen. Amen. And, and so... So the woman's help meet role is hardwired into her mind, into her heart. It's what she does. It comes natural to her. And here's what I mean by help meet. And I, I'm gonna, now you're going to see why I prefer the word help meet to the word help mate. Okay. So the woman helps him meet God at a deeper level. If you are with a godly woman, she's going to help you meet God at a deeper level. She's going to encourage you in your faith. She's going to uh, intercede for you, for your marriage, for your family life, for, for your kids. She helps you to meet God. And if she sees you slipping spiritually, she's going to be the first one to point it, point it out. Saying, you're, you're negative. You're grumpy. You're, you're, uh, you're neglectful. How long has it been since you went to be alone with the Lord. I've heard that from Elizabeth many times. She notices me, you know, she knows my, how I am. And she's like, how long has it been, Sebastian? What are you doing? She's basically like pointing at me. What are you doing? And then it helps me to realize, yeah, you're right. You know what? I have been neglectful. She helps the man meet his own personal leadership. And notice how, I, what I mean here, it all, when, when all these help meet things that I'm going to list here, they're all about a godly woman, a godly Christian, Holy Spirit filled woman. Okay. Yeah. So she helps the man meet his own personal leadership. See, a godly woman will not attempt to usurp her man's leadership, but instead she will encourage her man to meet the needs and the requirements of the leadership of the home. 
So she's going to say, man, I know you can do this. I know you can lead us through this financial storm, uh, difficulty with this, difficulty with that, move. It could be you move, you're moving and it's hard. Uh, it could be uh, whatever, whatever. And the woman will empower the man to step up to the plate and lead. She helps him meet, help meet, what is expected of him by God. So the purpose of this particular man. So if she knows the man is called to do a certain thing from God, if she knows that he was given the gift of prophecy and he never uses the gift of prophecy, she's going to be like, why don't you ever use the gift of prophecy that God gave you? You're not even in church. You neglect doing it. You don't do it. You don't talk to people. What's wrong with you? You know, she's going to she's going to call him on it. So uh, whatever it is that God called you to do, it could be that God called you to be to, to open a, a business and you're, you're a mechanic and and uh, for some reason you're, you're not cutting it and it, she's going to help you to meet that. She might offer you, hey, you want me to come in uh, three days a week and do some paperwork? You want me to? She's going to help you to meet what God called you to do. She's going to help you meet. She's going to be a help meet. She's going to help him meet his responsibilities as a husband and father. Very important. Oftentimes, Liz calls me on my husband role or my father role. The two most important roles in my life. If I'm failing at, with my kids, if I'm too absorbed with work and I've been neglecting my kids, she's going to be like, these kids need you. You, yeah, you, it, you haven't been present. You've been so absorbed with such and such that you've been neglecting your daughters. You've been neglecting your son. Do something with them. Yeah, or some. Uh, yeah, and that's because sometimes we're very busy. But there's other other times that you see it on your own. But oftentimes, you know, the Lord will give us insights uh, into part like more detailed stuff. You know, about our children, about our different children and their different personalities and yeah. their different needs. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, we'll discuss it, and then, you know, there's things that I can do to help, but there's also things that. Only he, a dad, only he can do only a dad that can, can help them, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's that's why God designed us as a help me because we we help, help to meet. Yeah, and <laughs> help we, to meet. it's the different insights, different things that the Lord shows us that maybe uh he didn't see necessarily. <clears throat> he might see something else that God's showing him, you know. So God uses both. Don't don't think that God's gonna show your husband everything, and if you oh, didn't no. show it to him, well. That's it. Like he doesn't have to do anything. Oftentimes women will see different things because Absolutely. they'll have different Holy Spirit insights. Exactly. And that's and that's where you you're wired. And we yeah. need those different insights. We need them to, and, to and, grow and as we, a human being. Yeah. And the, the main reason for that is because, like we explained, if you you are meant to fit together, it means that you have gifts and strengths that she doesn't have and she has gifts and strengths you don't have exactly. that god built you guys that way so that's why you cannot be self-reliant and self-sufficient and i have the holy spirit he will show me everything and i will educate my kids this way and i will give them everything they need and uh you know she can do the homeschooling but you know i don't really have to pay attention to what she says because that's not how god designed it so god really designed it um to show to help to the man see. meet the requirements that God has for him. Exactly. But the Lord, um, and for because her too, he but... gives you, and I'm talking to you women, a particular giftings and insights and strengths, it's to 
um, tell your husband in a loving way and also, uh, you know, show him what that looks like, you know, because a lot of women will say, oh, you don't do enough of this, you know, don't do enough of that. They don't really explain why that's necessary. They don't really explain why the child needs a certain thing. And that's where a lot of these trends come into the women package deal because the woman's able to break it down in a simple way for him to understand. And he probably would say, well, I never saw it that way. I didn't think that was that big of a deal, mm -hmm. right? I didn't yeah. think anything much of that. Yeah. So that's where these Holy Spirit insights come to play. And that's where her strengths are, are going to be used. And she can even help to facilitate things to make it even easier for you to, to accomplish whatever it is that your son needs or that your daughter needs, you know, um, just by breaking it down and explaining and simplifying it. Um, cause some men just don't have that emotional EQ as much. Either, exactly. So you know? we say so there's stuff that, that, that we just don't see as when men. I say emotional EQ is like emotional IQ basically where yeah. they, they really see, um, different insights. A lot, some men are just wired differently. They're either more very intellectual. They just don't see things emotionally the same way. Some guys are very manual, so they don't, you know, use that much the emotional side of things. They don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. But their their kids that are growing up need that, right? They, exactly. And the woman oftentimes is very good to spot. You know why your son is acting out and he's rebellious? It's because he needs you to spend more time with him. Oh, really? I didn't see that. So, see, guys, we need that from our wives. They spot things that that just evade us. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that she will help him meet the demands of everyday life she helps him meet a higher calling than what he expects of himself mm -hmm. let me repeat that because this is so huge <laughs> she helps him meet a higher calling than what he expects of himself how many times has my wife pushed me harder and farther than i thought i could go and and when i heeded her a few times i do listen to her and, and i'm thankful <laughs> i did because sometimes I, I I can be very stubborn. She'll she'll tell you that. But when I do listen to her, I, I go like, "Wow, I'm so glad I listened to her because now I I I, I did this more than I thought I could." And so so you, she helps you to surpass even your own expectations of yourself. Basically, yeah. So we're talking about personal growth. So oftentimes your wife will see you there. Because, yes. you know, she sees you in a different and way. And that's a God vision, God given vision for, for the wife. Mm -hmm. See, the man might see himself there, but she sees him there. Yeah. And if she sees him there, that's a Holy Spirit insight. Because trust me, she's your hardest critic. So if she sees you there, it's because you belong there. So when she sees you there and says, you know what, you should do this, this, and that, or this, she's trying to encourage the man. Sometimes, Sometimes some women will nag and that's that's not the right way to do we're it. Not, we're but not sometimes talking. but some but but a, a godly woman will do it in such a way that the man will listen and apply it and then turn back and what do we, what will he do? He will give his wife honor. He will say, "Honey, thank you so much for pointing that out. I didn't see it and now I did it and I'm so proud of myself and I had the promotion and I had this and I did that." And yeah, so we're not talking about doing things like action things where um, you know, the wife is dominating her husband. We're, we're talking about personal growth. So we're talking about spiritual insights of different things that you see that, you know, the Lord is showing you that if he did study a certain thing or did more of a certain thing, he would improve a certain strength in a certain area. 
um, that would help him excel. And uh, for example, maybe get that job that he's always wanted, or maybe he doesn't see, he sees himself like this, like he has a lower self-esteem and you see him like this. And you're like, well, you know, if you just worked on this a little more, you'd have way more confidence in yourself and you would feel confident about applying for a certain thing, there or you, go. you would feel uh, confident doing a certain thing and, you know, um, bring that, uh, that new level in your life. And that would maybe open doors to something else. Right. So, so God wants to promote us yeah. from, from glory to glory, from new level to new level, but he uses our spouse and the man is the same way. A good husband will encourage yeah. his wife, but today we're talking about the wife, right? And, and so a, a good woman, a good godly woman will encourage the man to meet those levels, to, to rise up to the challenges that show up on the road of life. Uh, she will help him to meet the best version of himself every day. That's what a good godly woman does. She helps us to meet the best version of ourselves every day. She will help him to meet his, even his genetic legacy. What do I mean by that? Well, a good wife, a good woman, she'll give you children, right? That's a genetic legacy on the earth. When you have descendants, when you have children and, and, and you're raising them right, that's a help. She's helping you to meet a genetic legacy which is very powerful in its own right. Some, some of our kids will go and do things much better and much farther and much more excellent than we're doing in our own lives. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I know it's been the case for my sister and I, uh, when I look back on our, our parents and the way we were raised, we, we've done more than they did. And that's a good thing. You know, that, that I thank God for that. Mm -hmm. And I want my children to do that as well. I want my children to go much farther than, than, than I've gone. And it's going to be a, a joy and a, a great thing, a, a great rejoicing for both of us to see that. Uh, another thing is she helps him to meet the demands of those growing children by caring for them. Kids have demands. I mean, when you have children, they require this, they require that, they require this, they require that. The woman is perfectly suited most of the time <laughs> to, to, uh, to meet those demands and oftentimes a, a good woman will do things in a way where she if you read proverbs 31 how she cares of her household and takes care of all the needs of the children this is a great help for the man mm -hmm. because man i don't know if you've noticed that we're not very good at it i mean let's face it i mean it's happened that that uh elizabeth needed to leave for a day or, or two days or she was busier and i was with the kids and i quickly i fast realized that I'm not as good as she is in certain things when it comes to caring for the kids. I'm very basic. Like they have food, they're not bleeding. <laughs> uh, I can give them aspirin or Tylenol if they're not feeling well. You know, I mean, it's basic. It's very basic. So she can't be gone too long because <laughs> if there's anything that's out of left field, I, I might be a little bit in a pickle. And the kids know that and they, and they call me on it too. They say, mommy does this better than you, dad. And why do you even bother? Or Anyway, that's just, <laughs> it doesn't mean I can't improve. It just means that women are really ideally suited since it comes things, natural to but them. But other things they like that you do that I don't do. Absolutely. It's yeah. your spin on certain things. Absolutely. Too. So the point is for sure, the woman helps the man to meet all the demands of life, of life. And that's why um, I think it's First Peter chapter three, where Peter says that she's a co-inheritor uh, co, uh, of the grace of life. So we work together. We're, we rule together. I used to see 
the woman when I when I was younger. I even told Liz that I said, "I'm Batman, you're Robin. Come on, let's do this." Uh, <laughs> but that's not really fair. That's not really fair. Today I see it more like I'm Superman, you're Wonder Woman. Let's do this, because I understand that that the roles although they're the capacity of both let's say these superheroes they're very similar very equal but they're different they don't have the same uh strengths and the same weaknesses mm -hmm. superman's vulnerable to kryptonite wonder woman's vulnerable to other uh, things or, or own lasso or whatever but i won't go into superhero details but the point is they're more equal than batman and robin robin is a more of a kid um, younger yeah. less experienced so uh, that was the wrong way by the way i i, I apologize for that you're not robin you're Wonder Woman, okay? I'm, I'm Superman. That's even better. That does sound great, too. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to paint a good picture here. Okay. So when a, a, a wife must be empowered to take decisions of her own. So this is why I just give you the illustrations. I used to say she was Robin. That's not very empowering. But if I say, hey, you're Wonder Woman or uh, something like that, you're, you're, you're seeing her differently. And seeing her differently is, is helping you to empower her to make her own decisions. So in Proverbs, uh, we often refer to Proverbs 31, right? Oh, the Proverbs, the perfect woman. And I've said that in shows before that women have Proverbs 31, men have 1 Timothy 3, you know? So we each have our own standard of excellence as men and as women. The woman's one is longer, more detailed. But it's very interesting to, when you take the time to really study Proverbs 31, there's so many nuggets of incredible wisdom in there that, that applies to contemporary life as, as, as well as the times of the Bible. But in Proverbs 31, in verse 16, we read, She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Notice it doesn't say she takes her husband's money and plants a vineyard. It says, out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She considers a field and buys it. So she's got an entrepreneurial bent, this woman. She's very, very uh, self-reliant to a large degree, to a large extent. And I just wanted to point some things out from Proverbs 31 here. There's other stuff in that uh, chapter. Next time you read the chapter at length, Notice all the active verbs. I popped, I, I selected some of those active verbs. It's very, very active, that, that uh, chapter. It says, I, 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 I selected them. It says, she brings, she selects, she gets up, she considers, she sets, she sees, she opens, she makes, etc. All active verbs. And here's the other thing. In none of those instances, when you read the full chapter, is it implied that she consulted her husband prior to doing these things. And I'm not saying she shouldn't. I'm not saying, I mean, a good communication in a marriage is super important. But here's what I'm saying. This woman is empowered. That is why she became the excellent wife. That is why she became this Epitome she knows, she of, knows that these things that she's doing, her husband is going to be in agreement with them. He's going to actually think it's a good thing. And check it out. Because that's been established between them. And check it out. So in all these active verbs and all these, these decisions that she makes for the household, it doesn't mention that the, she consulted the husband prior to that. So why is that? It's because of verse 11. In verse 11, it says, the heart of her husband safely trusts her.
so he will have no lack of gain. Wow. Mm. So a woman who is trusted by her husband, in other words, that's empowerment. The husband, the wife says to the husband, oftentimes it's happened in our marriage, uh, I, I want to do this for the kids or do that for the kids. Oftentimes I've said, Liz, I completely trust you with whatever decisions you make concerning that because it's an area where, frankly, you're much better than I am at. So, so you go ahead and you do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Why? I safely trust her. I safely trust her because I know she's going to make right decisions, good decisions for this household, for this family, for our life. And guess what that does in a marriage? It empowers the woman. She knows that she's capable mm-hmm. because the husband tells her that she is. Yeah, because, you know, the safely trust is, is there's a lot there. Yes. So trusting means you have faith in the, in the person's capabilities to, to do the right thing, to do what it is that they're supposed to do. But safely also means that she's not going to do anything crazy that you're going to be like, whoa, why did you do that? Like, why did you even think about doing that? Right. So that's why I say there's has to be things that obviously are established. You, you, you've, you know each other um, well enough. I, I trust she's her because walking, I know she's not going to do something crazy. She's walking in a, um, uh, you know, she has the right mindset and she has the right heart to want to give more to her family and not necessarily to her. Okay. So when you're, you're in a servant mentality of serving your household, of serving your family, your, my, your mentality is always to do things to give them more. So if you start a business, an online business part time um, and, you know, you're working it in your off hours when you've done everything else. And, you know, the, the, those are hours you choose uh, to work on certain things. You're doing it to bring in income for your family so that your kids can have more of a certain thing or that your husband can have more uh, income because, you know, the, the salary isn't quite making it or, you know, that's going to relieve stress on the family. Uh, you know, when he says she goes to buy a field, it's because she's wanting to, to, to do something with that field, right? Yeah. She wants to create some kind of produce. There's a reason that she want to, you know, um, I don't know, have sheep to have wool to, you know, make more of a certain thing to make, uh, what do you call those um, uh, back in the days when yeah. they used to do knitting? Well, whatever, that, yeah, right? it mentions it in Proverbs 31 that yeah. she, she knits or she, yeah, she does exactly. A... Because back in those days, that's how they made money, right? They had to make these things so yeah. that they can sell them and people would come and buy them. So it's this, it's the same idea today. Just now we have like such a wide variety of different so things that ways. you can do now that yeah. people can, can purchase and buy and whatever for the, the idea that you will make money with it. So all of that is bringing more to her family. They're benefiting from it. So her husband's not going to say, Oh my gosh, like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, right. It's yeah. Like he's going to see the value. Up. He's going to be like, that's a great idea. Yeah. If you know? she's godly and wise and, and, you know, utilizes the resources of the home wisely, he will safely trust her. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I want to get back a little bit to the help meet because a lot of husbands, they have a very limited view of, of what the wife is and her role and all that. Uh, we know what the husband's role is. We've looked at it last week, but the woman's role, oftentimes the husbands have certain expectations and they think it's all about them. Mm-hmm. Well, you're my my help meet. You're going to help me meet. And uh, that's your job. Well, the woman is her own entity, too. She's her own. She's got her own 
uh, calling from God. She's got her own purpose, her own earthly assignment that's very specific to her. So even though you're married and you see that in marriage, you're going to have a common goal, assignment and, yeah. and purpose, which is for the both of you. But there's also the singular purpose and assignments that God gives each of you as human beings made in his image individually. Yeah. So these need to always be kept in mind. And so I really like that. A lot of churches don't teach that. A lot lot of churches churches teach when you get married, she's there to help you and everything you need and provide for the family um, in their caring, you know, being its caretaker, homemaker which, and take care of the children and that that's more than enough. So if she does that well, that's all that is required. Well, that, that's the same. See, it's the same thing to say, well, the husband should just be a provider. Mm. If we say that, that really is limiting for what a husband is. Yeah. I mean, he's still a man. He still has dreams and visions and ambitions and, and things that he wants to do. And maybe uh, leisure things that he's thinking about that, that he longs to do. So it's it's very limiting to say a husband is just a provider and a, a, a wife is just a mother and nurturer. Yeah, and we've seen how that's gone in uh, the baby boomer gener- uh, generations. There Prior, also, yeah. There also was a lot of divorces after that came from that because it's one extreme. It's, it's you another know, extreme. Yeah. You clean my socks. You take care of the kids. I don't do anything in the house. I only... I work 50 hours a week and that's it. And, you know, deal with it because that's my role and that's your role. And a lot of marriages crumbled because of that, because a lot of people were just not happy in that environment. It was just not, there was no togetherness, basically. Balance. You know, you're, you're running the household. Yes. You're bringing in the the home, you're bringing in the money in the home, but there is no home really. It's a house that's functioning on different roles like a company would you do this you do that and that's it it's very cold right so that's why there has to be togetherness and you know when we talk about a common vision you can have a common vision of how you want to raise your children and she can do a big part of that because maybe she's a homeschooler for example or maybe she's the one that takes care of the kids when they get back from school and she you know does the the caretaking thing while they're gone at school and takes care of the house and whatnot and maybe even she has her own part-time position or, you know, she works. A lot of people work outside the home now. But the the whole point is that you may discuss certain things where you have a certain vision about how you're going to raise your kids, yeah. what religion, what your beliefs are, what you're going to do for spiritual growth, uh, what church you're going to go to. But, you know, then there's like, well, what did God call you guys to do? Like sometimes people think that, you know, their main purpose is, uh, I don't know, you know, doing the, the, the J-O-B that they're doing. And it's not always necessarily the pers- purpose that God had for you, okay? It's oftentimes a thing that we did because, you know, what else are we going to do? We get out of high school, have to figure out something to do to make money, and we do the thing that we're, we feel like, you know, maybe we have some uh, smarts about and we're kind of inclined to doing this because we figure out we can do that. But that's not always what God designed for you to do. That's mm-hmm. not always what your kingdom purpose is. Exactly. Right? So that's why you have a lot of men that feel like they need to be doing a certain thing. And they're trying to figure it out. And then they get to their 40s. And then they're like, you know what? No, I don't feel like I was put on this earth to be an electrician. Even if I made money doing this for many, many years, I feel like there's more to my existence. Why? Because God is saying, now it's time for you to kick in your purpose. That's like, why. You've been doing this for the last 40 years, but now 
I'm calling you to fulfill your purpose. And that's why so many men. And oftentimes what's sad is that many men will not heed the call because they feel like I can't do this, this thing that I feel the Lord is calling me to do. Maybe he wants you to go, you know, talk in your town and and save people and be in uh, the next evangelist. And you're like, I can't just up and leave what I've been doing for the last 25, 30 years and, and do that. That would be like a whole change of career. And I'm not ready to do that. And maybe I won't make money and this and that. And, you know, and then people don't heed the purpose because it goes against what you've been taught in school. Go to school, get a diploma, do some CJEP, do some, some university, do this thing, get the job. Okay, that's how you live, right? So there's all these things that come into play. But it doesn't mean that you have to leave your job necessarily. You know, we all have to make money doing something to, to, to survive. But what I'm saying is if you have that desire to find your purpose, then you should look into doing whatever it is that you feel the Lord is calling you. You know, you can do it in spare hours and and your wife can be that help me that helps you with that vision. So, for example, if your desire is to save uh, people, you feel like, you know, there's not enough people in my community that know about the Lord. I really want to go to the bingo people this Friday and uh, share with them the, the gospel or I want to go downtown where there's a lot of people and, and talk to them. Maybe your wife's going to share the same vision. Maybe when you talk to her about it, she's going to say, oh, that's a great idea. And that's Maybe I can do this to help. Maybe I can do that to help. Or she's just going to tag along and God's going to show her different needs, different people she can talk to. And you're going to share the same vision. So do you see like you could still do your job and still serve in something that God has called you as a kingdom purpose? Now, those that's a different thing. So when the purposes align together, oftentimes their help meet will help in the vision and the kingdom purpose that God has called him to. Okay. And then you might say, like, well, whoa, this is amazing. You know, people are getting saved. I really feel a deep desire. I want to do this full time, whatever. And then she'll share in that vision. And then you also have sometimes um, women that have a certain vision that the Lord put on their heart yeah. that might be you know, to help women that are in need for a certain thing in the church. So that might be something else. And I know you're thinking, well, that makes a lot of things going on. But, you know, there's different seasons in our life that God calls us to a certain thing. That's why sometimes God will call a man at a middle age because he's done usually raising his kids. They're at a certain age where they can handle that spending more time doing a certain thing or maybe wants to include the kids in that in that vision. Right. And, and also when a man reaches middle age, um, usually he's, he's, he's in a place in his mind and heart that he's ready for something new, yeah. usually. Um, so he's got more of that uh, penchant or uh, desire to embrace or to begin something new. Yeah. And a lot of men are hesitant. And that's when the help meet will sometimes surprise the man. The man will be like, I, I wish I could start a business or, or do this or do that. And he's very hesitant because he feels like, oh, man, uh, is going to bring in less money in the beginning or it's going to yeah, be like this. It doesn't always and... have to be ministry. It could be exactly business related. But, but the, the woman is oftentimes very surprising when she knows her man and she's very godly and she loves him. And she's going to often surprise a man and be like, it's OK, do it. Go. I can see you do that. I, mm-hmm. I actually. So she's basically the Holy Ghost going to use her to give the man confirmation that that's the way you should go. So this is very interesting. But I wanted to talk about the, how also the help me part, guys, it's it's not just about your needs. And Peter uh, reminds us of that in First Peter 3, 7, when he says, husbands, 
Likewise, dwell with them, your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. And here's the important part. And as being heirs together, heirs together of the grace of life. This is what I was talking about earlier, the ruling together. So she's called to rule. She has a purpose. She has an identity. It's not all wrapped up in you, man. She has her own thing going. So you need to recognize that and glorify that and encourage that. But And you have the same as well. And it ends by saying that your prayers may not be hindered. Whew. And I talked about this last time. I'm not going to go back because if you want to uh, uh, know more about the man's role, the leadership call on the man's life as the head of the house, go listen to uh, part four where we really went in detail about that. But all this to say that this brings us back to Genesis 2.18. I will make the woman to be an authority corresponding to him. She is an authority of her own. She is an authority of her own. She's a, an heir together of the grace of life with the man, but she's also called for dominion. She has a dominion call to take back territory, to impact, to influence, to, uh, uh, to, 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 to do a... a, a kingdom purpose that is specifically tailored for her by God. Yeah. And you know, that, that can manifest in many different ways. You know, you see some women really have a heart to help the homeless and they're going to be part of their church and they really want to do that. And, you know, um, talk to the homeless and, and bring them to salvation. And it's really something that, you know, maybe the Lord put an evangelistic um, heart for them and, you know, they're doing that and they're, they're fulfilled and feel happy doing that. So, you know, it's really figuring this out and discussing together what God has put on your heart, because in the different seasons of life, especially if you married, let's say you've married uh, really young, you know, it, every, every five years, every 10 years, there's different things that the Lord's going to show you both, right? That he's going to show you um, that you need to be doing more of, or that you're going to have a deep desire for, um, or that it's going to start growing. And then all of a sudden, you know, after a certain amount of time, you're like, I really, really feel like God is calling me to do this. I have to, I have to take steps. I have to take action to go towards that. And she's going to back you up and she's going to encourage you. Right. Absolutely. Sometimes when we're doing something that we're not sure about, and it may be something kind of like, you know, we've never done before, then we kind of doubt ourselves and we kind of are unsure about certain things but God still gives us the deep desire to do it. Well, sometimes your wife is that push that's going to encourage you and say, you can do this. I really see how, you know, God has given you these giftings and that you should use them. And I encourage you and I'll pray for you. And I'll, if you want, I'll, I'll come alongside you. And, and it depends. And, you know, you might have um, different men that are really, really skilled in a certain area. And maybe your gifting at, at, in your forties, your kingdom purpose is going to be helping you know, churches with that gifting. Maybe it's going to be helping different pastors with that gifting, right? Contributing in some way to your city. Maybe you live in an area where there's a lot of help needed in a certain area and that by you implicating yourself in a certain way, that is helping, um, you know, that is helping the area that you're living in. Let's say you're good in construction and you, you're living in an area that's not that, um, you know, that has a lot of needs you know, where when it comes to the school and they need this and they need that. And you you can help in your spare time to contribute to making the place better for kids 
and by doing that, you're a good testimony, right? And you're talking to different people and getting the word of Christ. And they're like, wow, Christian, that for our community, right? There's so many ways that God can show you to do stuff. There, there sure are. And, uh, you know, we, we know the roles. We know what God calls us to be and do uh, in marriage, both male and female, different mm -hmm. roles, very specifics. Uh, so we know the woman is called to be a, a good wife a good mother to her children to have children ideally i mean it's not it's not for everybody but ideally if she can have children that's great uh and raise the next generation with with godliness and 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 wisdom so we know this is the, that that's the building blocks of any society any good strong society needs this but what about i want you to talk about what about her own ambition so so let's say you're doing the wife thing, you're doing the mother yeah. thing, you're doing it good to the best of your ability with all your heart, but there's a longing there, there's a tugging in something else. So we know in today's society also, uh, th there's been a lot of, uh, there's so many openings, so many things that women can do now. So uh, yeah. so that can then be bring so, forth in their heart desires so for I've, other stuff. I've seen- How do you navigate I've that? Seen different things, right? I've seen some women that are completely fulfilled in raising their children and that's all that they want to do. And they have very little desire to do anything else, right? They're, they're like, okay, I've, I'm doing this and that's, that's it. They, they feel, they feel that, they, that, that was, yeah. that really defines them, that it gives them joy, purpose, and and they feel they're in the right, in the yeah. God's assignment and so, for them. And so, yeah. And then after those kids grow up and then they kind of follow them in their journey and are still there for them, mentoring, whatever. And then they have kids and then they have like really real fun doing the grandma thing and being super implicated. Like there's a lot of women that fit in that category. But you also have other women that are more leadership type women that God has given them more of a leadership gifting and oftentimes that pull to do more to do something else to branch out and it's not that they want to neglect their families they still want to take care of their families and their children and their husbands and all that but they feel like there's something, something more missing. out there that Something's i can missing. contribute to my household that i can do more for the maybe the community that i live in maybe i want i i feel like there's a a, a lack in a certain area in the homeschool area that, you know, my community could, um, you know, benefit if I did this and I started this and, and I can see how a lot of women would benefit from that and the kids too. So I feel like I need to start this thing. So you have women that, that have these deep desires and that God gives them these desires because they're called to practice leading in certain areas. And oftentimes these are a little practice areas because God has something bigger for them down the road. And so he's going to use them in different leadership capabilities to mm. practice because later on when their kids are going to grow up and they're going to need them less, right? They're going to be like teenagers or full grown. God's going to have a certain ministry for them, for, for that woman, maybe alone. Maybe it's a particular ministry that's going to have to do with leadership and it's going to be a women's thing. It's not going to include her husband that much. And maybe it might be something else that, uh, he's been grooming her and preparing her for because mm -hmm. he has another plan for her husband um, when he's going to be, you know, uh, at an age where he can go out and do this thing. And she's going to have to have had experience and training in this area. And that's how she'll have done it. You know, God uses a lot of things through our lives 
uh, every, I would say, you know, every five years, if you look at the last 10 years of your life, especially if you're called to some kind of leadership, he's been training you in different areas. And, and sometimes it's, you know, different roles, different things that he's trained me, different things he's trained him. And then all of a sudden, 10 years down the road, you go, wow, I can't believe we're both doing this thing. But you see how God led you to it. Like Mm -hmm. he brought you through all the training to do the certain thing. Just like when we started podcasting, we had no idea we'd do broadcasting. We had no idea we we would do Bible teaching. We there's a lot of things we do now that we had no idea we'd do ten years ago. Absolutely, right? no so clue. True. So you know, we we started this journey more more or less in 2016. Like God's been grooming us years prior years. with knowledge, with trainings, with people, with different things, trials all kinds of things that we went through that shaped our character. But, you know, we didn't see any of the preparation of how this was going to be useful. You know, like when we, like we're doing a marriage series now, but if you would have talked to us 15 years ago, right, we were in the thick of it. Like a lot of stuff was was happening. It was hard. We were going through deep trials, deep, deep things that happened, uh, loss, uh, you know, a lot of things that were difficult, uh, in-law issues, like a lot of spiritual stuff going on. And that was hard to navigate. And we didn't understand why all this was happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you look at it years later, well, you see that, you know, God allowed certain things to happen so that we would get trained and learn what to do, what not to do, what works, what doesn't work, and and build that foundation for our marriage that became very strong so that one day we can do this course, right? But sometimes you don't see these things, no, right? You yeah. just have to go with the flow of things and ask God to guide you and say, Lord, you know, show me what I need to learn. If I need to learn a certain thing in a certain area, show me and, and you know, and, bring and me we, to that kingdom purpose that you have assigned for me. And we've also been each other's main cheerleaders. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not a perfect husband, but I know I've been a very big encouragement for Lizzie and all kinds of stuff. And, and hers, she's not... She's an encouragement, but she's a pusher. She, 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 she is more of a leader-driven type. So she pushes me uh, past my comfort zone time and again. But it's it's been all good. I mean, looking back in hindsight, I'm like, wow. If she hadn't pushed me, uh, I wouldn't be half the person, or I wouldn't have done half what I've done so far. So she helped me to really step up to the plate and and do greater things for God, do more for our family, do become more than I ever thought I could become. And yeah, it was that, because that goes... of her, her like she he he needs to do this, he must do this. And she and she would push. Some sometimes she would encourage, but other times she would push and it helped me to become what I needed to become. Yeah, and some people, yeah, and it de- depends on the characters and personalities, and God will use you differently, right? Yeah. So like now in this case, it's, it came through me this way because you were more of a comfort zone. Like I like my comfort yeah, zone. Yeah. Well, I'm a last don't, born. Don't, I, don't push me. She's too a much. firstborn. I'm a last born. That's another thing we could have talked about. Yeah, but so, uh, the firstborn mentality is more driven, more, yeah. more like uh, I, I'm going to be, I'm the first one to go to, to, uh, 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 trailblazers. They're trailblazers. The yeah. firstborns, the lastborns, they're more like, uh, uh, you know, uh, a little bit late, laid back, uh, not as much trailblazing. They're going to go home. Yeah, and exactly. And so if your husband is the firstborn, then he'll tend to nudge his wife and say, 
do this thing that you've been wanting to do, do. like stop wasting your time. Like you don't have forever. Let's do this thing. I'll help you, whatever it takes. I want to see you, you know, move forward and be happy in this thing. So sometimes it, it takes the husband to kind of encourage and, and, you know, I've seen good husbands even like set the stage, right? She's wanted to learn a certain thing. Well, he'll even go out and buy certain things that are going to help her do this thing. So yeah. she has no choice to not you, back you out. You always said right? you wanted to paint here. I bought you an easel. I bought you some canvas. I bought you some brushes. Yeah. Get, you know, start painting. So, yeah. So there's, there's certain things, you know, and, and sometimes it's just because she's like, well, I should be doing this for my family and kind of, you know, we, we tend to put ourselves a little too much on the back side yeah. because we're always serving, serving that we kind of, erase ourselves from the picture and, husbands and sometimes husbands need to say you know what this is important to you like the kids can wait for this yeah, you know i can so handle good. this i can go you know bring them to the park while you do this this afternoon you know don't i don't to, mind doing that they don't need to eat follow your dreams <laughs> go do it <laughs> no but you know like you can establish different um times that work out for you guys in the week maybe you're a really sporty person you're like you know what being here 24 seven, five, you know, seven days a week, I just need to get out and I need to arrange, I go to know, the gym, do right. aerobics with my friends at a certain night of the week. And this is like really important to me. I need to go do that. And I need to be in, and, in a different building doing that. And, and that's saying, okay. And we've been saying that all throughout this series, you want a good marriage. What's important to your spouse needs to become important to you. Yeah. That's that's the building blocks. Like that's the yeah. basics. And, th and that now we're talking about self care, right? Like the man needs his time in his man cave to think, to do his own little thing. And, and by man cave, manual. and by man cave also, there's all types of man caves. Yeah. I'm not going to go in detail. Whatever makes him For, happy. Yeah. Some some guys like their man cave is going in the woods to hunt, or some it's on a lake to fish. Some it's on the golf course. Uh, other guys like me, it's a, a if I had a. a place in my home it would be like a study with tons of book books and a, a nice little lighting and, and just quiet but uh every man and some man caves are like they, they have a pool table and they, they have friends come over and they play pool or uh, yeah. they discuss things whatever so that's but, that's your personal time personal but, time yeah but when we're talking women have women have needs for that too yeah and that's important but that is a part from the vision thing. Yeah. So the vision thing, what we're talking about is really the desire to either, um, you know, do some ministry, a certain thing that the Lord is showing you to do. Uh, and I'm talking to the wives right now. Maybe it's uh, just in your community, helping out in a certain area that you feel that God wants you to do a certain thing. Maybe it's evangelism. It could also be a business. It could also be like, you know what? I've always wanted to do a certain thing. And I think I'd be really good at it. And it would bring in some income. So I'd love to do that in my spare hours in the evening when the kids are asleep or whatever, or, you know, when they're off or they're not, they're in school two hours a, a day, I can focus on that because they're in school, whatever it may be, you know, you, you have to discuss it with your husband. If you have a deep desire to do a certain yeah. thing, then you should look into it. And, you know, sometimes 
people tried to over-Christianize things and think like, oh, well, if she has a de desire for that, it must be because it has to be something Christian. Not necessarily. No. Sometimes it's just because the Lord wants her to learn a certain skill. Maybe she's gifted in a certain area and that's going to serve later, but you don't see that right now, right? Exactly. So it's just following your giftings and your strengths and, and seeing where that leads. And I like the point you just made because it doesn't have to all be Christian activities all the time. Mm -hmm. That's another mistake that Christian marriages will make. It's like, well, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, there's so many so activities that so we can do. I'll just give you a simple example, right? Maybe in your area, there's nothing happening for older people, right? For the elderly. And maybe you're like, you know what? The elderly that I see around here, it takes them, like, it takes a lot out of them just to go and get stuff at the store. And then forget cooking about it because the, you know, they don't want to cook anymore. And maybe your desire is to bring them, you know, chicken pot pies once a week. Yeah. But, that, but that's good and, works. And it, it kind of falls in the category of Christian ministry, good works. Yeah. But no, because they're not Christians. They're just random old people. Okay. Yeah. But, but that's still, you know? it's still kind of fall. What I mean is really like, it can be anything. I mean, it, painting like the, the example i gave of painting could be music know, it could be painting painting is not necessarily a christian activity but it, it's still an activity there's all kinds of things that 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 uh we have bent toward and, and stuff that needs to be honored respected and encouraged by yeah. the spouse and i pursue yeah exactly i've seen like my mom and an example with my mom is that she loved sewing well, when she was doing the sewing classes, she was shining her light. She was getting to know people that weren't saved. And she was a living testimony of what a Christian looks like. And then you chit chat and you meet friends and then you they come over for coffee and you chit chat and, yeah. and you're able to share the gospel sometimes and build those good connections. Right. So sometimes God will use that gifting and he'll place you in a certain situation where you had no idea that he wanted that person saved and he just wanted them to be in contact with you there you go right? like it could the, be bingo it the ways of the lord are, are very uh mysterious mysterious exactly. exactly the lord works in mysterious ways we know that right we all know that so uh so liz we reached the the end of this broadcast i know we've added a lot of value i know we said a lot of things about the woman's role especially today in contemporary in a more contemporary setting where uh, i think a lot of christian women have kind of a hard time, you know, I remember in the beginning of our marriage, there's, there's certain principles that, that kind of rubbed Elizabeth the wrong way, not because they were wrong principles, but because of the way they were presented or because of the way they were interpreted. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you can read Proverbs 31 and see there a woman uh, doing a certain thing a certain way, or you can see a woman doing very entrepreneurial, very uh, leadership oriented. So you can see her either as a stay at home woman who just takes care of her kids, or you can see her as a woman who does that plus other stuff that you go like, wait a minute, she seems very, uh, um, she seems like a good leader. It's like someone who really has her head on straight and decides on a lot of stuff. Well, exactly. It depends how you interpret it, how you read it and how you understand woman's role in today's setting. And there's a lot of ways to understand that depending on your background and what you've been taught also, uh, the way it's been taught to you. But, you know, make sure you always read the scriptures for yourself. doesn't matter what your, your pastor says. doesn't matter even uh, to some degree how your husband sees certain things. 
What do you see? What is God showing you as a woman when you read these passages that have to do with the woman's role, whether it's Ephesians 5, whether it's Proverbs 31? What do you, what's the Lord showing you in this? And it, it's, it, it could really, really transform your marriage uh, in a powerful way if you heed the word of God. Yeah, absolutely. So I encourage you to, um, after this broadcast, if you listen to the whole thing together, oh man, it's good to stuff. discuss it, yeah. discuss it together and see, you know, what, what your visions are for your future. What do you feel God is pulling you towards? Are you happy with the way things are right now? Do you have a desire to do something else? Um, you both ha should have that discussion and see where the Lord is leading you. Maybe you have a common goal to do a certain thing together. Or maybe it's something separate that you both need to do. Um, and venture out in. So discuss it together. We're um, open for any questions. If you want to write to us, absolutely. Uh, you can go on our Facebook page, Thriving on Purpose. You can reach us at support at thrivingonpurpose.com and um, go to our website, thrivingonpurpose.com. You can see all our, our teachings, and, our and, podcast is there. And if this broadcast has blessed you, click like on YouTube, put a like, Share, subscribe to the channel on YouTube where we do our regular broadcast. You're going to be uh, click that notification bell. You're going to be notified whenever a new video comes out. Yeah. So all these good things, make sure you don't miss out on them and uh, be blessed. And thrive on. See you next time.